Welcome to the Naked and Wandering podcast. This show is all about connecting with inspiring people who follow passion and freedom for a living. Together, we will learn from them, hear how they did it, and understand how we can all pursue our dreams. I'm Lauren Ruddick, an international yoga teacher, travel blogger, yoga school owner, and serial entrepreneur. On this show, I will share all of my mistakes and triumphs, failures and lessons, and connect you with amazing people who do the same. We promise to be unabashedly honest, have nothing to hide, and nothing to cover up. This is how we find ourselves naked and wandering in the world. Thanks for being here. Hey everyone, I'm really excited to have a guest on today. Her name is Adrienne Rummel and she is the Yoni nutritionist. So Adrienne is a certified nutritional practitioner or a holistic nutritionist, and she has a really big passion for women's health. Adrienne specializes in holistic nutrition and wellness for common recurring vaginal infections like yeast infections, candida overgrowth, bacterial vaginosis, HPV, herpes, and UTIs. Adrienne's totally open about her own struggles with vaginal health and her journey to health. And what I love about her is she's so open and honest and out there. And we'll get into that in a minute. So Adrienne, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, hold on. I'm just taking a little note because there's something I wanted to mention. Oops. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. So Adrian and I met in Nicaragua a couple years ago, three years ago, maybe. Yeah. It might've, yeah. Three or four years ago. And I remember when I met you, well, first of all, I met you the day my boyfriend and I broke up right after he left. So I was like, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> the second I met you, I was just like in tears. I'm like, so we just broke up. And we ended up having a great chat. And I remember at the time you were like kind of lost. You were working as like a yoga instructor and paddleboard instructor at a hotel on Laguna Apoyo in Nika. And I remember thinking like, wow, this girl's really awesome, but she seems kind of, kind of lost her way, lost on her path. And we talked a lot. We, you had a lot of questions. We talked about yoga and retreats and the yoga industry and Instagram and then we kind of lost touch. I remember following you. I'd always follow your journey of like, you know, paddleboarding, yoga, et cetera, pop in. You were living in Bali for a little while. That was fun to watch. And then randomly, I was invited to have a glass of wine at somebody's house in Nicaragua with some friends. And it was your house. And I was so surprised. That's like three years later, we got invited to your house uh, by our mutual friend, Ben. And I was like, no way. Hey, how are you? And I remember one of the first things you said to me was like, hey, do you know what I'm doing now? And I was like, no, what are you up to? And then you sent me your Instagram page, the Yoni Nutritionist. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) So today I'd love to talk all about vaginas. Yes. Let's talk about vaginas. I'm just so impressed with you that you're so brave. Um, First of all, how did you get into vaginas and do you love all vaginas or mostly just yours or are you just passionate about helping women you know get healthy in their vaginas or do you like genuinely love love pussies all of it I mean I am so honored to be able to help so many women who need help because there's a lot of women who struggle with chronic vaginal infections that often are very very shameful and stigmatized Mm -hmm. and I'm really honored to help 
them with that because there is such a huge gap in the medical system and really like getting to the root cause of these vaginal health issues. And there's a lot of emotions that go behind it too, which doctors really don't want to deal with. And I'm really honored to be that resource because when I was going through my own vaginal health struggles, like I thought I was the only person in the world that was dealing with this. And I dealt with everything under the sun. Like if it wasn't one thing, it was another. At one point, I just wanted a new vagina and I didn't have anybody to talk to or relate to. So now I'm out there talking about it. <laughs> and a lot of women are relating to it, which is really great because I'm helping yeah. a lot of them. It's unbelievable. And you're talking about it with humor, but also with tenacity and like unabashed bravery. Like, how are you able to be so brave talking about your vagina and, and just putting it out there? Like, I'm, I'm not that brave. Like I say a lot of things on the internet, but like talking about my vagina is not something I'm ready for. (laughs) I've always been really open about talking about this stuff. I don't know. It's so weird. It's like, this is, it's meant, this was meant for me. Like, this is my Dharma. Like this is my thing. I've always been so open about sex and sexuality and, and normalizing these things not in like a crude way. Sometimes, you know, I like, I love a dirty joke, but like in a realistic, normal, like normalizing way, like we're all half of the population of the world are women with vaginas. So like, why aren't we talking about it more? Yeah, we're totally not talking about it. And I actually want to share with you, I was like, oh, I'm brave enough to talk about my vagina on the internet, but maybe I'll talk about it on this podcast right now. Okay. Uh, So one of the reasons when I saw your stuff, I was like, whoa, this is a lot. And then I was like, hell yeah, girl, because um, I actually struggled with my own vaginal health a few years, well, about like 10 years ago now, 11 years ago, I was living in China and this was back when I was, you know, traveling and reckless. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. Well, now I'm so intrigued. Tell me, tell us. (laughs) Okay. I, I got really drunk. I was in China. I was 23. I took a vacation to like a backpacker town. I got pretty drunk and the town I was living in, there was like 20 Westerners and I didn't really speak enough Chinese at the time to, you know, really partake in Chinese culture or have like Chinese friends. And um, I went to a youth hostel and the drinks were flying and I met like a hot, you know, Western guy from the States and we ended up fooling around. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. (laughs) Anyway, I got so drunk, so drunk that I convinced everybody to go skinny dipping. Uh, I was like, guys, let's go. And we're we're in like a city, right? Like we're in a city in China. We're not in the country. Uh, We're not, yeah, we're not in a clean area. Anyway, and I convinced everybody to go skinny dipping in, in the Lee River, which is also, you know, sort of where open sewage runs, which like I didn't know, right? It was dark. It was the full moon festival, the moon was out. I was wasted. It seemed super romantic at the time. And I like take this guy's hand, take off my clothes. Obviously he jumps in after me. We start swimming in the river. We're fooling around a little bit in the river. And a few days later, I got what I can only describe as like the most horrific symptoms of my vagina in my life. And I was 23 at the time. Oh my God. So this was 13 years ago. I was 23 at the time. And I had never had a yeast infection in my life. I had never had an STD. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh my God, like, did like, oh, well, this is horrifying. Did I get an STD? What happened? Was I not careful? Ah, you know, like terrifying. And I was like, oh, am I going to have to text this guy? <laughs> what, do, what do I even say? 
I, I was just like horrified, frightened. And um, I ended up going to a women's hospital. So I insisted on a women's hospital, by the way, the entire, it was like having a wet dream from like, I thought I was having like a PTSD wet dream in another life where I might've been like a Vietnam war veteran because I get to this hospital and everything is pink. Like the, the walls are pink. The prescription pads are pink. The waiting room is pink. The chairs are pink. The sheets are pink. And the nurses are dressed like candy stripers. It was so weird. Um, so anyways, I then was examined and it was horrifying. I spoke no Chinese. I had a friend translating for me and they didn't speak any English. I didn't know what was happening. It was super scary. I'm in the, ho like, I'm in the hospital. There's like forceps in me. I have no idea what's going on. And the following words are translated. The doctor says, your vagina is rotting. And I said, rotting? I was like, this must be the wrong word. Oftentimes in China, like people can confuse words. Um, you know, like I've had experiences of, you know, going to a restaurant, I said, what kind of meat is this? And they would say dog. And I was like, dog? And they're like, oh, no, 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 not dog, dog, not dog, cow, right? Like three letters O in the middle. So she was like, your vagina is rotting. And I was like, this has to be the wrong word. And she goes, R, O, because she's using a translator. And she goes, R, O, T, T, I, N, G. That is rotting, right? And I was like, ah! <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. They want to do some kind of like laparoscopic dildo looking apparatus, which is probably a colposcopy, but like, I don't know. I was so young. I'd never, I've been to a gynecologist at this point, maybe twice in my life to have a pap smear, you know, it was like super scary. Anyway, long story short, I ended up getting terrified, running out of the hospital, grabbing whatever the paper was, literally running, being chased by candy striper dressed nurses, um, grabbing the paper that had my name on it because I could read my name in Chinese. Uh, and then we took it to a pharmacy and it turned out I had what I now know is like BV, like bacterial vaginosis, right? And so she looks at the paper and she goes, oh, river bacteria, very, very common. Um, so essentially I had what I now know is, is BV, but it wasn't treated appropriately or effectively partially because I was away. And what ended up happening was I would get like severe yeast infections every single month, right around the same time of my cycle for months. And I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. I knew I didn't have any like STDs or anything. I, I got tested for everything at the hospital, but I was so ashamed and embarrassed that, you know, for a few days every month, I was having like discharge and itchiness and redness and a lot of pain. You know, in China, we rode bicycles a lot. I remember I could even ride my bicycle. I would like cry about it. I was yeah, like so embarrassed and so ashamed. I didn't tell anyone. And it wasn't until I got back to Canada, which was almost a year later. Um, I got back to Canada. I started teaching yoga full time and I was teaching a lot of hot yoga back then. And, and I was still getting yeast infections. And I saw my doctor telling her I was getting chronic yeast infections. And she basically just said, oh, go to the pharmacy and get like canestin. And so I was doing that each month, which was, you know, dealing with the symptoms. It was band-aiding the symptoms, but I still wasn't I still wasn't not experiencing yeast infections, right? I was still getting yeast infections every month. And finally got to the point that I was teaching a lot of hot yoga. So obviously I'm in like spandex all the time and it's sweaty. And I got another yeast infection and I, it was just like, I was just done. And I called my mother crying and I said, mom, 
I can't go to work today. Like I'm so uncomfortable with my vagina. I don't want to go to work today. I can't like do with a, a stretch in front of anybody. I don't want to be in spandex. I don't want to sweat. And I don't know what to do. And I was like literally crying and finally asked my mom, you know, and my mom said, when did it happen? And I told her like in China when I went swimming in this river. So she ended up taking me to like a tropical disease clinic and they did like a, a pap smear, you know, biopsy, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. Um, but anyway, they figured out what the strain of bacteria was and they gave me like a one dose pill never had an issue again. Hmm. Crazy. So I'm very lucky. Like they figured out what it was. It was some kind of bacteria that my body just couldn't shake. And it was causing a candida overgrowth every month. Right. When like the flora in my vagina was getting a certain way. Um, that was a really long winded story. I cannot believe I just told that on the internet. Hi boys mm-hmm. listening to my podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it just goes to show like as women, we're still so ashamed of our vaginas and it started with so much secrecy and like we're even just afraid to ask like it took me months even to just ask my doctor like why am I getting a yeast infection every month mm-hmm. thinking yeah. like I'm a slut or I did something wrong yeah it's the sexual part of um vaginal health is where the shame and stigma really comes in I've, I've noticed with my work over the years is it because it's sexual is there's a lot of sh- because it's genital there's a lot of shame around that. And women are just so afraid to talk like you are afraid to talk about it. They're ashamed. They think they did something wrong. They think they're dirty. They think they're a slut. They think they're promiscuous, but these are all old, old, old stories that we're taught because we weren't taught to embrace our sexual health. We were taught to fear it. I need to write that mm-hmm. down. Yeah. So- that's really well said. Because if you think about the last time you had sex ed, I mean, I think I might've been in grade six when I was 12 years old. Like we were taught about sex before we were even having sex. And it was mostly fear-based education, especially around STIs. Right. Um, And pregnancy and, and all that stuff. And it's really frustrating because we weren't taught about actual like sexuality and how healthy it is and how to be safe properly. And like, actual STIs and how common they are. And this is how it works. We were taught, oh, this is, you know, fear. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. So, you know, I'm, this is why I do the work that I do is to really just normalize these things and to say, hey, like this stuff happens. It's really common. You're not alone. Like bad luck. <laughs> yeah. And shit that you were in China and they couldn't treat, treat it properly and, and the language barriers and stuff. But you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's really frustrating. We, as women, we have to deal with a lot. We really do. And I, I'm glad that it's now starting to be talked about, you know, what women go through and what women deal with. And I think men have no idea. They have no idea. <laughs> and, you know, bless their little hearts. They just have no clue. Oh, it's, yeah. They have no idea. When you said that STIs or STDs are super common, can you give us some stats on how common they actually are? I think it's really important for listeners to know this because, I was certainly shocked when I found out how common they are. So give us some statistics. So for example, I'll talk about herpes and HPV because those are the ones that I specialize in and they are two of the life, lifelong sexually transmitted infections that have the most stigma apart from HIV. But herpes, for example, genital, there's two different types of herpes. There's HSV1, which is 
also commonly known as a cold sore, but it can also be transmitted genitally too. And one in four people have HSV-1. So a quarter of four, a quarter of the population has herpes. Yeah. And that can be orally or genitally. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that when it's, you know, a cold sore, a lot of, this is really common, like parents will kiss their kids, you know, and then the kid gets a cold sore. It's not, it's not necessarily sexually transmitted, but it can be. But if you get cold sores and you give oral sex to somebody, you can transmit it genitally. Mm-hmm. But then that's loaded with all kinds of shame and stigma as a genital you know, herpes. Right. We all, that's such a good point. Like we immediately think it's like gross or dirty, but it's like, do you think it's gross or dirty when you're having sex with your partner or your partners or someone that you enjoy or someone that you love? You know, no, I personally don't think of it that way. And, and so imagine like you have a partner who's let's say mom kissed them on the lips when they were a child, like they were two mom kisses. I'll just, you know, I'm straight. I'll use the, the home, the heterosexual vernacular. So like mom kisses her son when he's going to daycare. She has a cold sore. He gets a cold sore. You know, 30 years later, I'm dating her son. I don't realize we have oral sex and I get genital herpes. Yep. And then I would still think I was gross and dirty. It's so true. Yep. And the thing is, is it's a harmless way, right? Of transmitting something. You wouldn't know. Yeah. It's just the stigma. It's the way we were taught the fear based. And then like, we didn't really understand how herpes works. We just understood that herpes was bad. It's lifelong. Oh my God. It's the worst thing. Um, and then, you know, herpes doesn't pick and choose either. Like it, anybody can get herpes. Anybody who has sex gets, can get herpes. And the thing about herpes, which makes it a bit of a mystery is that it's often asymptomatic. Mm. And a lot of people don't realize that they have it. Also, because herpes is not part of standard STI screening panel tests. Probably because it's so common, right? (laughs) It's so common. And the test results aren't 100% accurate. So you can get a false positive or a false negative, which can trigger a lot of uh, anxiety for a lot of people. Right. Then there's HSV2, which is primarily genitally. And that um, one in six people live with HSV2. It's rare that a HS, pardon? Is it also like a sore? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same type of herpes. Like it's the same kind of cold sore. Just a different virus. It's just a different, it's the same virus, but it's a different type of virus. And it lies dormant in the, the spinal, the nerve cells. Herpes is a disease, is an infection of, or a virus of the nervous system. So when herpes is dormant, it lies dormant in the nervous system. HSV2, it's in the the bottom of the spine and HSV1, if you get oral cold sores, it's in the, like the back of your cheekbone Hmm. by your ear. Wow. Yeah. And what happens is stress triggers it and it will come out on your skin. So it technically is like a skin condition that's not life-threatening. It's just an inconvenient at some times, like I've lived with genital herpes, HSV2 for almost 20 years. And like, I haven't gotten an outbreak in a really long time. So it's really not an issue. Like it's very manageable. It's a pain in the ass whenever I get it, but that's, you know, I, I've learned how to take care of myself and manage my stress over the years so that I can manage it. And it's working. Like I haven't ever given it to any one of my partners, knock on wood, um, because I'm always like, mindful and and try to be as safe as possible and I always disclose to my partners to say like hey 
this is partly your responsibility if we're having sex. You know, I want to give you the choice that I wish that I had because I got herpes from my my early 20s, from like my second boyfriend ever. Mm-hmm. Not because I was, um, you know, out there being dirty and promiscuous or whatever. And even if you are being promiscuous, good good for you. You know, sex is meant to be enjoyed. But, you know, it is a very stigmatized virus, herpes. So does that mean that you have to use protection forever? Like, do you have to use like no. dental dams and stuff if someone's giving no. sex in order to never use a dental dam? I don't, yeah, I know. I just had dental dam because I was like, that's the first thing that came to mind. No, I mean, I, yes, condoms, sure. But I've also had lots of condomless sex. Like you can still have normal sex. And that's what people freak out about is like- As long as you're not having an outbreak, right? Yeah, exactly. That's when it's most commonly trans- transmissible. But- What's the bit of a mystery of herpes, the virus, and this is where, how it's most commonly transmitted is that there's something called viral shedding. And viral shedding is when your immune system is weakened and your body is shedding the cells of the virus, which is how it's most commonly transmitted because who wants to have sex when they have an outbreak? Right, yeah. So, you know, that's where it becomes a bit of a mystery. But the thing is, is that anybody can have can get herpes from anyone because again, it's often asymptomatic, more, it's very, very common, but more people than we actually know of have it because they don't get tested. Mm-hmm. And then HPV was the second one you said is really common. Yeah. HPV is super common. So HPV is known as human papilloma virus, and there's about 200 different types of HPV, 40 of which are sexually transmitted. And um, the two main types of HPV in women are the cervical dysplasia type and the genital warts type. But you can also get HPV in your anus and in your throat because it's like the mucous membranes of the skin, same thing with herpes. But what's different about HPV and what most people freak out about is that if it's not detected and treated in time, it can potentially lead to cancer, whether it be cervical cancer, anal cancer, or throat cancer. The types that cause the cervical dysplasia and anal and throat HPV. How important is it to get tested for STDs? Uh, Very important. (laughs) I like to get tested. I mean, I'm single and I, you know, sometimes I have partners and sometimes I don't have partners, but I like to get tested every three months. Mm -hmm. But I even think it's it's good for all everybody to get tested, whether you're you have a partner or not, because especially these days that there's a lot of people in non-monogamous relationships, um, and even like partners are cheating and stuff, and you can't you can't prevent that. All you can do is protect yourself. Every time so, I get into a new relationship, that's you know, we get tested, I get tested, yeah. we get tested, um, and it's and it's not for me. It's not something I'm embarrassed about. I'm just like. Hey, when was the last time you got tested for STDs? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's all you have to say. And, and you know what? It's not that big a deal and it's not scary. And, and like you said, even if you have them, like it shouldn't be that stigmatized. It's rampant. I live in a college town when I'm in Canada and I have friends that are, you know, doctors and they're like, you have no idea like how much chlamydia exists in this city. Like everybody has chlamydia. Everybody's, everybody's got gonorrhea. Everybody's got chlamydia. I, I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke out of it, but it's, it's so much more common than we realize. Yeah. But it's, you know, what's sad is we're all having sex, but nobody wants to talk about it. 
not talk about it like people are willing to talk about it but they don't want to talk about the consequences of um, they don't want to talk about the consequences even though they know in the back of their mind they'd rather not know than talk about it or not and that's a good point like I was talking to a friend of mine and um oh I'll just oh my god the podcast okay everything's coming out I'm in a new relationship and who knows we might be broken up by the time this podcast comes out or we might be not who knows at the moment I'm dating someone um, oh yeah I'm dating someone it's nice um and it's new and so you know we talked about STDs and getting tested and sexual history and all that it's important to me and he said that he talked to one of his buddies and was like hey when was the last time you guys got tested for STDs and they were like oh man I, I've never been tested and he was like what and they're like I don't want to know yeah that was their answer I don't want to know I'm I like, find that a lot of people would rather not know than know just it's so irresponsible and I think also we're Canadian and we grow up with a certain social responsibility inherently in us and it's like I feel socially responsible if I'm having sex with someone to make sure that I'm not going to get them sick. Yeah. Or that you, they're not going to get you sick. Or they're not going to get me sick. But for me, it, it, for me, like the STD thing is my responsibility to not spread it to someone else. I feel mm-hmm. um, yep. And I wish more people would take their own responsibility. That's how you should see it. You know, it's not about being gross or bad or promiscuous. It's about, do you want to be responsible for giving someone a virus or a disease? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of guilt and shame that come with that too. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. anyway, let's shift. I've got some questions for you, but thank you for that. Is there anything else you want to say, by the way, on the subject of STDs? Um, you know, if you are somebody that lives with an STI, like herpes and HPV, you know, any STI, it just know that you're not alone. And there's lots of resources online available now, thank God. Like when I was dealing with mine, like there was nothing and I had nobody to talk to. So lots of people like me are out there talking about it and there's lots of resources for help and information. So if you do, if you're struggling with any of your diagnosis, please like, please reach out to me um, and I can, and I, I can help you further. Uh, let's just switch. I want to move this from STDs into overall vaginal health. Is there overall general vaginal health use we can follow to be nice to our pussies? Is there overall general? Ge- sorry, what was the question? Again? Like general health rules that we can follow oh, rules. to be kinder to our vaginas. Yeah, I mean, just, know? I think number one is being more is connect to her because a lot of women do not even like they don't touch their vaginas and they don't look at their vaginas. A lot of women are still ashamed of their vaginas and the way it looks. So really just getting down there with a mirror and looking at her and admiring. Vaginas are scary looking. There's a lot. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're also beautiful, like in their own ways. And they, you know, I'm, I use the word yoni because it translates the sense it's a Sanskrit word and it translated to translates to the source of life. Like we were all born from a vagina, unless you were born via cesarean session, but we were all made through a vagina. Like it is a very powerful thing. Right. And I always say like, it's the source of our feminine power and our feminine energy. So I think the first tip is really just getting in touch with your vagina and like acknowledging that she exists and admiring her, Hmm. but also like listening to the messages that she'll tell you, because this sounds woo woo, but I'm into it. So, you know, all good. 
it's true. Like your vagina will tell you when she doesn't like somebody. Yeah. If you- I, have you ever had the experience of having sex with someone and getting a yeast infection? I've had that experience with a few partners and it's been people who are terrible for me. Yeah. She knows. Yeah. I talk about this on social media all the time. And whenever I do, it always blows up because everyone's like, yes, the, the met, they were getting in BV or yeast infections with the same partner. They broke up with the partner, no infections. Yep. You know, but also like making sure that you're taking good care of her, practicing good hygiene. So like, you know, always peeing before and after sex. A lot of people don't know this. Front to back, pardon. A lot of people don't know this. A lot of women don't know this. Girls, ladies, women, you have to pee before and after sex. It's like rule number one rule of number vaginal one. health. Yeah. <laughs> You don't and always wake up with like never mixing bum and vagina together, like always wiping from front to back, never mixing anal play and, and vagina play. No, keeping yeah. that stuff separate, Keep it separate, <laughs> separate. Yeah. Um, but also diet, you know, plays a huge role in your vaginal health. You know, when you're drinking, a lot of women come to me that struggle with chronic vaginal infections are eating a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar. They're drinking a lot of alcohol, dairy. Um, you know, they just, they, their diets aren't healthy and then they're getting these chronic infections. So I help to them to understand, okay, here's what you need to eat. Here's what you need to avoid eating. Here's how you need to eat these foods. Cause food combining is important. Blood sugar management is really important. And drinking a lot of water, like a lot. You have an amazing uh, reel on Instagram. And I think it was also a TikTok video about like how to get a wet ass pussy. Oh yeah. Because that's long. Like, yeah, that was a good one. I like that. I think that one went viral. That was amazing. It was like (laughs) just you in a bikini, like talking about all the things you can do. And one of them was drink lots of water. And I'm not going to lie. After I saw that reel, I was like, I'm going to go drink some water. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should see the reel I'm going to put out today. Ooh. Oh, I can't wait. Um, and so that's another thing, like TikTok has been a huge part of you growing as a Yoni nutritionist, right? Like you went viral on TikTok, helped you grow your Instagram following. Then you were featured on some big national television. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I've gone viral on TikTok a couple times, which has been really awesome to help my growth and like spread my message to more women. Um, and yeah, I was on city line, which is Canada's North America's number one, uh, longest running morning show and talk show for women. Woohoo! Yeah. So wow. I'm supposed to go on again at the end of October, which will be cool. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm spreading the message of vaginal health, pun intended to, you know, help so many women who are struggling. I think it's so special and so amazing. And ladies, if you're listening, please follow Adrian at Yoni Nutritionist on Instagram. Are you also Yoni Nutritionist on TikTok? Yes. And yoninutritionist.com is her website. Honestly, it's just such a great resource. And I've learned so much just from following you. And, and also guys, like, I think if you're listening, you should also follow because you should know what goes on with the other half of the world. You know, we know a lot about you and men and prostates, et cetera. And like most guys don't know a lot about vaginas, especially because women don't know about vaginas, right? So like, how are we supposed to educate the men of the world when we don't even know about our bodies? 
Exactly. And if you, if you're a man who is in a relationship with a woman or with a person with a vagina, it's good for you to learn this stuff so that you can support and understand and have compassion for your partner when she's going through some stuff with her vagina. Totally. Let's play lightning round. It's going to be a game called good or bad for your vagina. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say things and you say good or bad for your vagina. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Swimming in a pool. Depends. Um, Chemicals, pH imbalances, sometimes good, sometimes not good. Sex in a pool. Bad. Yes. I learned that lesson for, oh my God, I really hope my mom's not listening. My first boyfriend and I, shout out to Daniel Laws. Hey, Daniel. Um, (laughs) Valentine's Day together. He was like my first serious boyfriend. I think we were like 19 or something. And it was, he was the first guy that I really got to explore sex with, you know, and it was so exciting, like big monogamous relationship. We were in love. We were trying all the sex things that you could try because we were so excited. You know, you're a teenager, you're into it. Um, And on Valentine's Day, he took me to an outdoor pool in the winter, which was like super cool. And we ended up having sex in the pool, which was the worst idea ever. Worst, worst idea. I mean, it seems like such a great idea at the time, you know, they would never, the rest had ever done it, you know, terrible idea. Yeah, terrible for your vagina. Uh, Sex in the ocean. Bad. Mm -hmm. Eating Ben and Jerry's for breakfast. Bad. (laughs) Peeing in the woods. Good. (laughs) Sitting on a public toilet. I mean, I'm going to say bad. Uncovered. Eating lots of spicy food. That depends. Could be good for some reasons like libido, but could be bad because it can trigger inflammation. Not having sex for two years. Depends on the person. It could be a good thing to take a break. Having sex every day. Also good. Naked picnics. Amazing. <laughs> Cotton panties. The best. Lace panties. Uh, very nice. But if you get chronic vaginal infections like yeast and BV, bad. All day pads. Sorry, all day thongs, all day long. Mm. all like 24 hours a day bad but for maybe like 10 hours a day they're good they're okay yeah uh pads versus tampons oh i don't like them i don't like either of them but i have to use them because i can't use my menstrual cup anymore how come because my menstrual cup pulled out my iud oh yeah i remember that and i didn't know and i got pregnant got pregnant that's why I, you know what, after that, I don't, I, I was thinking about switching. I don't use menstrual cups. I use tampons. I actually use OB tampons because they have the least possible packaging and they're small and whatever, and they're easy to travel with. But everyone's been trying to get me to switch to a menstrual cup. And I was like, you know, I don't think I can because I travel so much and I don't really feel comfortable like washing it out in an airport bathroom or like sometimes I'm places where there actually isn't water. And I've heard that you can just like dump it out and put it back in but I don't love that idea. Like, I don't know. My hands are dirty. I don't know. So, um, I use tampons and I, but anyways, then finally I was like, going to switch, going to switch. And then I saw your Instagram post about how your IUD suction, uh, your menstrual cup suction pulled out your IUD and you got pregnant. And I was like, okay, no, cause I have yeah. an IUD as well. Okay. Yeah. It was, it happened actually twice. Luckily the second time I noticed it. So it was either the IUD or the menstrual cup. And I was like, well, IUD is working for me. Like when it's in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was bye-bye menstrual cup. So I use 
both tampons and pads, but I try to get organic cotton ones. Yeah. I actually, I'm really into the free bleed underwear these days. Mm, yeah. I use tampons on my like first heavy day and then I just bleed it into my underwear. Um, and I love it. Yeah, I do too. The only thing I don't like about that is when it's, um, it's hot and sweaty. Oh yeah. They're not cotton and they don't have a very breathable material. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the only thing about them. Fair enough. I don't like. Anyways, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I'm so excited to, yeah, talk vaginas with you. Thank you. I learned amazing. I hope our listeners learned a lot. And uh, is there anything you want to shout out or plug or talk about? Well, I guess if you are somebody that is experiencing vaginal infections, like, and they keep coming back, I would say four or more times a year, it's a really good indication that, you know, something's going on with your health that goes much deeper than your vagina. (laughs) And, and it's your gut health. Your vaginal health is connected to the health of your gut and your gut health is connected to your endocrine system, which is responsible for your hormones your nervous system and your immune system. And all of these things are connected to these chronic vaginal infections like yeast infections, BV, HPV, herpes, UTIs, all the things. A lot of women get infections around their periods like you used to, Um, you know, so when these, when you keep getting like four or more a year, it's really about looking at the root cause of this because medication, even though we need it sometimes is a temporary like relief. Um, it's, it's not a long-term fix. And the only thing that will help you long-term is learning how to adjust your lifestyle and diet around your vaginal health. That's what I've had to do. I've had, I live my life for my vagina. Like I've changed my whole lifestyle around it and my diet for it and it's working. So if you are somebody that does struggle and you need help and you're ready to like, if you're sick of it, you just want to feel normal and have a healthy sex life and not worry about it anymore, I can help you. And I've got four different online programs. I work one-on-one with women. I offer one-on-one coaching and I have lots of different ways you can work with me. Amazing. Thank you so much. And please go follow Adrian, the Yoni nutritionist and not the just Yoni nutritionist at Yoni nutritionist, at Yoni nutritionist yeah. yoninutritionist.com. She's amazing. I vouch for it. And yeah, girls, women, ladies, if you have a vagina or men, some of you might have vaginas, take care of your pussy. Yep. You know, take care of your pussy, put it on a pedestal, put your pussy on a pedestal, put that on a buffer sticker. I know. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you know someone awesome who should be on the show, hit me up. Lauren Ruddick on Instagram or love at laurenruddick.com. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-R-U-D-I-C-K. Also, every week I give away a totally free copy of my best-selling e-course, Turn Your Life Upside Down. Turn Your Life Upside Down is a four-week journey towards getting you strong and excited about doing handstands. Yep, you can learn handstands in just four weeks. More than just physical postures, though, this course also has journaling and meditations to help you find your passions, live your dreams, and start taking the steps to pursuing them. To get your free copy, all you have to do is take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening to this podcast, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Lauren Reddick so I can see it. 
Each week, I'll choose somebody at random to win a totally free copy of this best-selling course. Like this episode, leave me a review and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Bye.